microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Episode eighteen. So let me ask you a question: When you do, when you think of numbers, do you immediately associate them with jersey numbers of athletes that, of growing up? No, like I do. You said eighteen. I think Daryl Strawberry. Okay, that's how I remember numbers. All right, well, we'll tag this as the Daryl Strawberry episode. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have a nineteen though, so I don't know if it can carry into next week. I'm sure we can by next week we can find someone that's uh, but, number nineteen. But it needs to be it needs to come naturally. It can't be you can't just force it. It has to it has to be legit. Um, so we had some technical difficulties on the last show. We we're fixing work, it. We're working through some stuff. Um, so uh, you got any notes this week? My only note was that I I went to see the movie uh, Heat this week. You yeah, were I don't, to come with me. I don't really want to talk about that. Apparently, Jason couldn't find a parking spot in this entire part of the city. Everybody else could. I'm not a fan of Westwood. Everybody else in Westwood found a parking spot. All the lots were full. I only had $10 on me, and then the ones that weren't were 20 And there was no street parking. And then, come to find out, you tell me that people were leaving during the thing. Yeah. And I could have parked. So that's what I was going to talk about. Well, I didn't have any trouble finding parking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You lucked out. You can call it that, or you could just say, like, I knew what I was, I, I, I did it correctly. All I know is I drove around for about an hour and 15 minutes, and I was like, fuck this, this sucks. <laughs> but uh, there was a new new cut of um, Heat, one of the luxuries of living out in Los Angeles, is we get to see a lot of these Q&As, and, and Heat is my favorite movie of all time. Um, so for me to get to see the, the screening of it, the Q&A with Michael Mann afterwards is, like, the best. Any revelations? Um, a lot of bad questions. Usually these, these Q&As are And I'm sure most questions. of the questions were based on the day that De Niro and Pacino like were together. Well, no. like People were pitching scripts to him. <laughs> that was like the worst. People started booing this guy because he was trying to pitch a script. Um, and here's the thing. like, there, there, My favorite question was about that scene. You know, it's The last question somebody asked, this guy was dying to ask it. And, like, they were like, we're not calling on you. You're too obnoxious. Because he was like, just please. And then he ran down to the front. They're like, fine. And he's like, I'm just wondering why you don't have a two-shot of the two of them in the diner. And what was his, what was his answer? Uh, he said that they set, they shot it with three cameras. One with the two-shot and then two over the shoulder of each other. Because they just didn't want to miss a moment. And none of the two shots that were good... Um, were clean enough to to put in because there's a rumor that they were never right. together, and that's what the guy said, you know. And yeah. he's like, they were definitely together. He's like, I've been, I was at that restaurant, I saw the picture of them together, 
But, you know. And he said, yeah, it was just that they didn't have a clean two shot without another camera creeping in. And, um, I don't know. I've, like, always wondered that as well. I, 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 I don't know. But the thing, the thing that bothers me is, so, Heat is a movie that's been out for, I don't know, it's over 20 years. Yeah. These people waited in line, like, hours to go see a movie that's on cable pretty much every week. And they left early before the Q&A starts. Like, why did you spend your entire yeah. early evening waiting in line to see a movie that you could just see on TV, you know? You know it's three hours. So, what's the point? of Like, I, I just, I don't understand the motivation to go. I mean, it's free, which is cool. But what's the motivation? Yeah, the whole point of going is to see the Q&A, not the movie. Exactly. I mean, you know the movie. Anyway, <laughs> that was my one note for this week. Um, did they say anything about the follow-up series? No. No, no. Well, he, he, the other thing. Or the prequel? Let's just say that Michael Mann's getting getting up there. Yeah. And he, it's not... Well, he doesn't want to make movies anymore, yeah. He wasn't really the... The Q&A wasn't very riveting, we'll just say. I mean, if you're a huge fan, you're just going to love anything that has to do with it. Like, I was psyched about hearing a bunch of stuff. But most of the people around me were cracking jokes, so I was having trouble hearing them. That really started getting me mad. I gave some death stares. He was originally supposed to direct. Were people scared? He was originally supposed to direct The Aviator. Oh. And uh, so when Martin Scorsese came on, they were like, "Well, you're still going to be producer." So they, you know, they gave him a bunch of money. I think he got like credit as a producer, but he didn't get the directing. Okay. Um, he uh, the the Aviator comes into some of our later discussions. I think. Oh really? I think so. Oh, Quentin Stefani. Yeah. Um, what about your notes? My notes. Um, I have a few follow-ups. Buckle some, up, folks. This is probably going to take a while. Follow-ups to things that we've talked about in the past. Correction from last week. Dark Tower is coming out this summer. I said it wasn't. Thought, thought it was pushed. Saw the trailer. Trailer came out this week. Looks pretty good. I think the trailer looks good. Yeah, I saw it. It's good. Um, do you have anything else to say about the Fire Festival? Because... Now I mean, I could just, we could just do a whole episode on the Fire Festival. The best. Okay. I didn't look at this yet. I meant to send this to you while I was waiting in line at that movie. The thing, I, the reason I was so disappointed that you didn't come meet me is I was so excited to show you. They have like the actual, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the, when, when you give it to somebody as like the project, um, the deck. Yeah. But they have the deck of what. They were selling to investors. I'm, it's like awesome. Oh yeah, I saw the uh, okay. some of the stuff. Yeah. Um. So now there's lawsuits, and uh, uh, this was an argument we were having, by the way. You said that there wouldn't be lawsuits. You said people would just get their money back. Yeah. Well, now there's lawsuits. Yeah. Well, I told you there'd be a lot of lawsuits. And uh, Ja Rule and his business guy are banned from doing festivals in Bahamas. So I guess that 2018 ticket's not going to be good. I hope that people chose Door A. <laughs> Or what's behind, what's in the box? Yeah. Um, so Noah Maloney is still eating pictures of Jason Siegel. He's on day 79. 79. I, I know you wanted that update. I do. I always want the update. Um, but I can't think of a, of a good 79 right now. <laughs> um, Aaron Hernandez. So they released the suicide note. And it looks like from what he talked about in the suicide note that he knew about this law that I told you about 
<coughs> where he's innocent. Right. Because in the in the suicide note, he said, "You're rich now," to his fiance, oh. and they're saying that he knew that once he got out of the acquitted of the other one, the other charge, that someone his lawyer told him about this other thing. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, he killed himself so that he would be innocent and all of his frozen assets would be given to his next of kin or whatever his uh, beneficiary. So there, it's still not decided yet. <coughs> I'm struggling right now. Uh, but it looks like that's why he did it. Okay. Um, so. <coughs> Do you want to pause real quick? No, I'm good. So. My buddy from Facebook who promotes some deaths. You, I know you wanted to hear about yeah. this. So Tuesday was a big day for him. Okay. He uh, promoted that Colonel Bruce Hampton, a uh, jam band. Um, I guess he's like a respected guitarist on the jam band scene. Died in Atlanta during his 70th birthday. So I guess he was at a concert. Of his 70th birthday. And all these famous bands were there. Like Fish and Widespread. And a band called Leftover Salmon. <laughs> and he died on stage. And I thought that was... Uh... So what was... I guess the... but the So for those of you who don't know. Jason has a friend who posts every death on his Facebook page. More so than the update of the people. What's... Like what does his... He just posts that. He shares the death notice. Okay. He doesn't give a personal message for you. Sometimes each one. when he uh you know, when he uh when like a director dies. Okay. R.I.P. I love your movies. So this guy said so he he posted this guy. Who else? I'm not gonna go into more detail on the other ones, but he uh the oldest man died at age four one hundred and forty. And this guy was on it and posted about it? <coughs> um he just posted the article that the oldest man Oh, God. And we're back. Having some issues. Bodily issues. Um, so, the, yeah, the oldest man died at 146. And then that night, another jam band guitarist died. Uh, Granddaddy was the name of the band. <laughs> All these weird bands that I'm sure like a couple of our good friends know on the jam band scene. And then yesterday... The owner of the Whiskey A Go Go and Rainbow Room died in '93. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Okay. King of the Sunset Strip, it was called. So this guy posted about all those things. All those things. Nice. All right, we had a busy week. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, NBA playoffs. Where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are at a two-one series with with Washington and Boston last night. We're recording on a Friday instead of the weekend, so it's a little earlier for us, but. I thought that game was awesome last night. Yeah, um, we needed we needed that one. Yeah, we have some invested interest in West Wizards. <laughs> but like, I was I was watching that in the Rangers Ottawa Senators game at the same time. They're both next to each other. I didn't even know NHL was actually still in business. Okay, well, there's like just simultaneous fights going on on every channel, and I was like, this is great. Um, but you know, uh, the Wizards showed the fight. I think that we're hoping that they have. Um, they deed up uh, Isaiah Thomas real nice this game, kind of bottle him up. I'm hoping they can continue that. Uh, the series goes seven. Well, Wizards like 
every game they've come out so strong and had this lead, and then they like lose the lead. That's true. There was definitely fear of that yesterday, when especially when guys started getting kicked out. Yeah. Like, um, the Spurs lost Tony Parker. Ruptured quad. Is his career over? Well, as you and I will just regurgitate the conversation we had last night, it's not over so long as there's a girlfriend of a player that he's interested <laughs> in on his team. So he has to check the next season to see who's on the if team. If there's a girl, you know, he's French, so... And he's got a history of doing this. A lot of deep dive on Facebook. <laughs> he's going to make sure that he doesn't want to date any of the other players, girlfriends or wives, before deciding whether or not to retire. So if you're going to join the Spurs, don't put your in a relationship with and the person. Yeah. On no, Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but uh, that series without him seems to be heading, heading Houston's way. Yeah. That game's on tonight. Hopefully we get a 2-1 lead. And I think Houston can... Maybe squeeze a game or two extra out of Golden State. Well, James Harden also didn't show up in game two, so hopefully he's he weird, right? Comes back. Sometimes he just—I yeah. <laughs> don't care. I mean, that guy—is he a head case? Like, what's the deal with him? I don't know. Um, and then the other two series: Cleveland's taking care of business, Golden State's taking care of business. Yeah. Uh, I kind of hope that the the whole thing with Matt Barnes saying that there's no nightlife in Utah. Yeah, that was great. Was going to be some kind of motivation, but then you remember it's Matt Barnes and he doesn't really play. They have sh- shirts that say hashtag, hashtag nightlife that they're all wearing for the game to win the next game. Oh, in Utah? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's not a big deal because it's Matt Barnes. I know he's just yeah. like, he wasn't even he wouldn't have been on the team if Durant didn't get hurt. Exactly. Oh, you're right. That's right. So whatever. Uh, but that's that's where we're at. I mean, we're looking at heading back to where we've been the last last year. Yeah. But um, we're hopefully going to get a Washington, Cleveland, Golden State, Houston matchup. I think those are the better matchups. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. And then the two other things in the NBA: Lonzo Ball. Just released his sneakers for $500. Where do you stand on that? I mean, I just heard about this today, you know, while we were grabbing lunch at the, where the guy was eating Subway sandwiches with his own white bread <laughs> yeah, and pineapple guy, juice. Guy brought some Wonder Bread. The best is this guy gets on the phone while he's sitting there and he starts yelling at this woman named Michelle. No, no, Michelle, listen, listen. He's like, I'm, Michelle, I'm in the Subway right now. In the like, su- I don't think you understand... Not the subway. ...where the term... The sub- at subway. <laughs> I don't think you understand that when you're in the subway, it's not meant to be the sandwich shop. <laughs> it's meant to be like... You're I downstairs. was thinking the same exact right, thing. Good. It was like killing me. I was like, this guy. Um, but... Uh, I can't talk about this right now. I'm at the subway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I hope we're doing a good job of explaining what that just was, because that was a... That was a All I know is... He brought his own Wonder Bread. <laughs> to Subway and put the sandwich meats in his own bread. Um, the guy's got eccentric taste, what can you say? Yeah. Uh, but while we were watching him, you explained to me, though, Alonzo Ball. That's the first I'd heard about it. So, um, I don't know. I, I, at a point, I think that Alon, like his dad is just... Too much. I, well, I just think he's... I think he sees that he needs to stay relevant. Like, he, he, he sees his... 15 minutes fading, like he sees it flickering out, especially because supposedly the second ball kid isn't that good. Like the middle child's supposed to not be very good. So 
he's got to keep up this bravado in order to stay relevant. Um, that's just kind of where I think it all comes out. But who who wants to buy those shoes? Like, I haven't seen them. I mean, they have to be... They look fine. But, I mean, they're not anything special, but I think one of the things we listen to is, like, Jordans were half the price, and everyone wants the Jordans. The Jordans were the... I mean, I, I still wear... It's still my favorite shoes that I have. Yeah. Um... Okay, what's your other thing? And the only thing I also have is that you sent me uh, this Skip Bayless uh, email that he said that Draymond Green, who's having a great series, uh, is arguably the MVP right now of that team, is uh, better than Charles Barkley Yeah, when he was in his prime. I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, I did. I heard the first 15 seconds. I'm like, I don't even want to listen to the rest of this. <laughs> Skip Bayless is just a... Well, yes. so is that is all our... Uh, That's all I got. cleaning? I do have uh, one quick thing for May 11th. Taco Bell's unveiling their fried nacho chips, which is chicken. Basically, it's chicken nugget squashed down to a triangle nacho chip, and it comes with a side of cheese. I think I'm going to try that. <laughs> it sounded good. I also thought they're going to start doing fries. They're testing out fries now. Taco Bell. Taco Bell? I don't know. I don't, I don't they're like know. nacho fries. Isn't that what we we're just talking about? No, that's chicken. Fries or potatoes. How do you do a nacho fry? Like you said, nacho instead of chips, they have seasoned fries that they're gonna put cheese and yeah, I don't like that and not everything on. Anyway, on to our main topics today. So we're going uh, rock and roll. If you're not too grossed out between your coughing and Taco Bell's horrible secondary menu, uh, we're we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about rock and roll. Uh, this past weekend, they showed the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, Who were the uh, inductees? The inductees were Joan Baez, Nile Rogers, Journey, Tupac, Yes, ELO, and Pearl Jam. That was a good list. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, you know, most of it, I think, uh, I, I could skip half of it, yeah. to be honest. But that's how that thing usually is. Usually it's a couple people... The one person that I, I mean, I don't know how you want to go through this, but the one person that I was less interested in was Joan Baez, but then her piece, her, like, you know, they have these pieces uh, of history or clips that show them why they're there. Yeah. It was really interesting to see, like, how influential she was when the civil rights movement was coming on. Like, basically, she, like, befriended Martin Luther King, and he wanted her to write all these songs about the... uh, um, everything that was going on and it just made me think like with everything that's going on today like why isn't somebody doing stuff like that it seems like all the songs now like come out after there's a tragedy you know like not and there's all these like that's marches really there's all these marches and stuff it seems like this would be a prime opportunity for an artist to like get their political statement out as it used to be in the 60s, 70s um, through their song and it could, you know, benefit some sort of, you know, you could do a charity or whatever and it could be a big hit. I, I agree. Especially I with the media now or mass media. Yeah. That's, uh, I just don't think there's any good musicians now. <laughs> that's true. That's part of the problem. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Are you going to have Selena Gomez singing with like Future? Like, you know, or... I'd listen to that. <laughs> it just doesn't have the same... You had me at Selena Gomez. <laughs> but, um... 
the Joan Baez stuff. So my dad's like my dad's kind of stuff, you know. Uh, the thing about the Joan Baez, you know, she had uh, Jackson Brown inducting her, and every time I see Jackson Brown, I just think of the movie Funny People, and uh, how they keep telling Jason Schwartzman, "Sorry, I don't have the Jackson Brown good looks," you know. Yeah, I just start laughing. Um, Nile Rogers. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I I get lucky just is my least one of my least favorite Daft Punk songs. So um, he was a good producer. He's been he's got his hands in a lot of things. How about Yes? Yes was um, I was never a big fan of Yes, but uh, I know that there was like some controversy of them never getting in, uh, and they finally got in, which is I mean I guess they deserved again. They've sold a lot of records, and they everyone kind of knows their band and stuff like that so um i don't really have any yeah i don't you know my thing my whole history with yes is basically that uh the music video for owner of a lonely heart in the snake and it was when i was young so it used to scare me and my brother <laughs> that's all i really that when i think of yes that's what i think about is, is and like it was it was anyway uh i listened to that first song that they that they performed before owner of a lonely heart and i was just like yeah, it's all like a lot of keyboards. Yeah, a lot of keyboarding going on. Um, ELO, are you a fan of? I'm a fan of ELO. Okay, to me, that was always the guy in the Traveling Wilburys I didn't know. Yeah, Jeff Lynne. Um, they didn't play Telephone Line. <laughs> it's not. They played it in the clip that they had. Um, but yeah, no, I a little bit before my time, but I liked. I mean, I like some of their songs. Now, Jeff Lynne, is he also the guy that got played off by Prince at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they did While My Guitar Gently Weeps? Was that Jeff Was that Lynn? him? I think, I don't know. All I know is he came out in the beginning and did, uh, which I thought that they should have got, they opened up the show with Chuck Berry. Right. Like a tribute to Chuck Berry. Uh, he was, which I didn't know, was the first um, person ever to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, Michael G. Fox was there. Uh, because of the Back to the Future reference, um, but also he was tied into another bit with uh, Pearl Jam. Um, but uh, so Jeff Lynn was the one that did all the song or did um, Beethoven Rollover Beethoven, and I was like, why couldn't they get someone else? I don't understand that they needed someone with more energy. I think because he's he's up there in age. Yeah. It would have been great if they got someone that was younger and uh, could do kind of what a younger Chuck Berry could do on stage with jumping around and being a, all this energetic. But it was good. It was good. I like I like Mr. Blue Sky. I like that song. I don't know why. I, it, it, my only problem is it sounds too much to me like Day in the Life by the Beatles. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's kind of... Uh, Speaking of the that. Beatles, it was kind of cool on the clip that they did the Chuck Berry. They had uh, John Lennon, like, I guess, like, Chuck Berry visited them in the studio, and they have, like, a, like, behind-the-scenes video of it, and he's, like, freaking out that Chuck Berry is there. He's like, my idol! And they show them singing together and stuff. So. Cool. Did you, uh, what do you think of the Prince tribute? Oh, yeah. Prince tribute was great. How cool is Lenny Kravitz? Yeah. When you're watching it, you're like, dude, how soon till this guy gets in? <laughs> Like, this this guy, like, kind of is, represents everything that, you know. It's going to be a long. I don't think it's that long. 
Really? Yeah, his first album was Let Love Rule. And I... It was... I remember it was when I, I was... I used to do this stupid... Not like Columbia House or BMG... Oh, the CD. biggest scam thing ever? Yeah. And Everyone's was, done that. Yeah. So I remember getting that album through that. So that gives me like a Pick time Pick 10 CDs and you um, get it. The end of high school, beginning of college when I was doing that. And then you could never sell, resell those CDs because they were all lower quality than the regular ones. Yeah. Uh, so that's <laughs> that was I, like the biggest scam yeah. ever. That's how I know to judge where Lenny Kravitz's career began. Every month you would get like a random CD in the mail that was like... No one you'd ever heard of. And you're like, what is this? I thought I canceled this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just have collections after yeah. you, you know, and you're like 16, and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and then, uh, all right, so the big three, I think, for us were Tupac. Let's start with Tupac. Tupac was inducted by Snoop Dogg, which had a great, I thought he was, like, really well-spoken and uh, just... It was just a really good story. There was like one story where he was talking about parasailing. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> With him and Tuvog and Biggie was driving the boat. And they were like up like over the water and like talking shop while they're parasailing. Have you ever been parasailing? Oh, uh, yeah. Can you talk about anything while you're up there? I feel like it's like you have to. Oh, uh, yeah. It gets. Okay. So when you parasail, parasailing is kind of boring. Like, at first, parasailing, you're, like, when you're going up, it's, like, super scary, and you're like, what? And you get up there, and you're like, this is it? Yeah. Like, I could just be, you know, you're just sitting. So, yeah, you could talk. Ever since I saw that, uh, I was like, oh, I'd do that. And I wouldn't I, do it with Biggie <laughs> driving me, but I would do it. <laughs> and then I saw the video of those two girls that, uh, their rope snapped, and they, like, hit the parking deck and all that stuff, and I'm like, I'm never doing this ever again. You shouldn't be parasailing your parking deck. Well, their thing snapped, and they went veering off course. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And they, like, hit a hit a building, went into a parking structure, like, broke their back. Oh, and they, yeah, they were all screwed up. Um, what did you think of the performances? Like, uh, Alicia Keys. Yeah. She was really good. I, I thought, thought she was good, too. T.I. Loved T.I. Oh, you did? I thought T.I. was good. Oh, that, no. I didn't. You didn't like it? No, I didn't like that outfit, like, I know that that's like a Tupac, but just don't yeah. know. I know, I, I didn't really care for the outfit. It looked, it, I mean, it looked like a, like a, yeah, like a minstrel, like it yeah. just didn't, didn't work. Snoop, uh, who else was performing with them? That was, it was, I thought it was just, they did, uh, Alicia Keys did two, and then Snoop and T.I. did the two. Okay. Uh, Journey. Journey. That was an interesting whole thing, because... Once Steve Perry came up to uh, get the award, the whole place went nuts. Right. And he was, like, really appreciative to the band. And he actually called out Arnell on stage that saying that, you know, the guy's killing it every week and all this stuff. And it, He did a lot of cursing in his acceptance speech. Yeah. It was, like, really <laughs> weird. You wouldn't expect it. And then he came out. Well, he didn't perform with them. It was Arnell, the new guy. And uh, that was kind of, it's kind of weird, especially with him in the building. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. To kind of like go from this amazing speech about how he's got all these fans to basically their karaoke version, right. technically karaoke version of him doing with the band. Exactly. So it was a little, it was a little weird. 
Um, it's funny though because when they start doing Don't Stop Believing," you're like you know this is a really good song <laughs> like you see everybody starting to really get into it in the crowd you're like yeah you know well, um, I'm not a big huge Journey fan but see I thought you were you love to talk about Journey I, feel like. I know because well, I just I'm interested in the band I'm just not a big Journey fan I don't know it makes sense. I'm interested in like the story behind the van, but not the van itself. All right, so and then your big one. Well, the, the, I think the big thing was Pearl Jam. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking about this, like Pearl. Jam, the reason that the, I think this is so big, not so big, but why this was this meant a lot is this is the first band that we kind of did their whole career with to see like them getting a recognition after 20 years of. Now, there's lots of bands that have been in that we saw. Like, there's, you know, Nirvana, um, even, like, Guns N' Roses. You can go through some of the hip-hop ones. Like, when the Beastie Boys got inducted, we were, like, fans of Beastie Boys all throughout their career. But there's something about... This is, like... Like, Pearl Jam is a great rock and roll band that... They, uh... Like, this this is our rock and roll band. Like, we started with them, and now they've hit this point. So we've seen it. I mean, it makes you feel old, first of all. But mostly, um, I don't know. It just means it means more when you're like, you know, like, I I don't have a great ties to a lot of the bands that have gotten into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And this is something that we were there from the beginning to the end. So, like, when they're showing all the clips, it's not like, oh, that's cool that that happened the way you said with Joan Baez. You're like, oh, I remember that. I remember the Ticketmaster thing, like you know. Yeah, yeah. So each of those moments, and not to mention that Eddie Vedder is like the coolest guy on the planet. Like we all wanted to be Eddie Vedder. We could all sing a little bit like Eddie Vedder, you know. Everybody can put their voice like that and kind of sound like him. Um, I think our buddy, uh, who's a bigger fan, our buddy Peter, who's a bigger fan than you than Pearl Jam, uh, actually went to the show. Yeah, we had a contest to rank all the Pearl. Whatever. Right, whatever. I'm just kidding. We didn't. Uh, so they're, the thing that's also interesting about them the band. is they're so, they're so popular, uh, and they, they, sur- well, they survived being like the biggest band on the planet to kind of find the groove of what they wanted to be, which is a, a, probably a really impossible thing to do because they were so big. I remember when they, when they, when they would release an album, it was like an event. You know, like when Versus came yeah, out. It was, yeah, it was a big... Like, people were waiting at midnight outside of the record store to go in and get it. Um, they were inducted by David Letterman. And yet, see, okay, and now the thing... He was really funny. He was really good. Yeah, there was, there was a couple funny moments where he said that the balcony is all Pearl Jam drummers. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and then he was like... Because I guess Neil Young was supposed to induct them in, and he goes... Well, I appreciate you guys calling me because I really needed to get out of the house. He's like, he's got this huge beard and looks awful. And then he showed a picture of it. He was talking about the letter that he better wrote his son, and he showed a picture of his son Harry <laughs> smoking a kid smoking a cigarette from reading the letter. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, he's so good that um, it's it's like those should be two separate events, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Him being on stage was such an event, you know, that that it kind of... I'm not saying it took away from it because it was great, but he's just so... Like, the fact that he's talking... um, And this happened a lot of times because Eddie Vedder has inducted a lot of people in the Hall of Fame. And when he comes up and gives a speech, he's so captivating that I want to see him talk about another band more than I would care about that band getting in. So, 
it all is reciprocal, I guess. But um, I was really anticipate like in anticipation of like what songs they were gonna play. I was like, I like thought I like thought it before I watched it. I was like, <laughs> what are they gonna play? They'll definitely play alive. And then the rest, yeah. I was kind of kicking around this or that. Um, and I thought it was cool they had the original drummer play alive with them. Yeah, and then they switched awesome. out. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, so then they did, um, um, what do you call it? Given the fly and they, I don't know if this, I don't think this was on the TV broadcast. He said no. they did given the fly and they, uh, dedicated it to Michael J. Fox cause he was there and he had written in his book how that song inspired him. It was a really cool moment. And then they did, um, better man, which is not my favorite Pearl Jam song. Better man. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, David Letterman I guess did a whole thing about Better Man in a speech. True, but that's not going to make them decide to do that song. Uh, but that's well, they're trying a, to tie it. What's well, a big song? I mean, that's one of their most yeah. famous songs. So, mm-hmm. um, then they all did the Rockin' in the Free World, and uh, I thought they brought out a, pretty much not everyone, but they brought out a bunch of the rocker guys. I, I liked I like when that happens because I like how there's like twelve guitarists. I like the two drummers. Did you see that whole thing? Yep. But but I, I like good, when you have a song like Rock in the Free World where you have, if you have 12 guitars going, jicka, 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 you can yeah. hear them all like doing it. And uh, and then they take turns doing their solos. And I thought Neil Sean from Journey was awesome. I think yeah. It was really good. Um, so, I mean, that was my experience with this whole... Oh, you know, going back to... It was really weird when Eddie Vedder was giving a speech, which was really good. Everyone's... But his was like, I don't know. He's just so captivating. We hang on every word. He, it was weird to see him introducing his wife and daughters. Like to think that he has like this whole like. I know. Life. Like it's really weird that when he when they started showing his daughters and his wife like crying and yeah, it's like how the shit that he must have put them through. You know, he's like just. Well, I just think it's like it's hard to imagine him as like a regular. He's such a yeah. rock icon. Yeah. Like he's such a. Like, uh, Hanging out, watching Netflix. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, we had a we got to see Eddie Vedder once uh, last year. We were at a Judd Apatow comedy show, and um, he had uh, what's his name, um, Randy Newman, yeah. performing, which is I guess a rarity to see Randy Newman perform. And we got seated right across the aisle from Eddie Vedder. And I spent the entire time watching Eddie Vedder watch this show. <laughs> and like, just try to think of how I could possibly get up the nerve to come over and say, hey, I'm a big fan. And which I finally did, and then he we never saw him again. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's, I, I thought, all in all, not my favorite one of these. Um, I do have the odds for who... Yeah, that's right. It's next year for next year um, of, of who gets in. Right. Some new some new people that can get inducted are Radiohead, Stone Temple Pilots, No Doubt, Rage Against the Machine, Dr. Dre, and Sublime. Those are a couple. They're now um, who's who favorites. Who's the favorite? Well, those are just new uh, oh, okay. available now. Of everybody, the odds that they had listed from where I saw. The favorite to get in is Whitney Houston at three to one. Oh yeah, she's getting in. Second is the um, Moody Blues at four to one. Nine Inch Nails is four to one. Radiohead, seventeen to three. 
I don't know why they come up with that number. Just make it five to one. Make it five or six to one. We don't need to go seven. Uh, Motorhead is seventeen to three. Rage Against the Machine nine to one. Doctor Dre nine to one. Bon Jovi nineteen to one. Iron Maiden twenty five to one. And Def Leppard fifty to one. All right, Def Leppard will get in there at some point. <laughs> I wish I could bet on what you would say next. Um, I also have a list of a bunch of other bands that are also um, that, that aren't in that, that weren't listed there that are available uh, eligible. You have Beck, The Cars, Dire Straits, The Doobie Brothers, Devo, Joy Division, Judas Priest, Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne, The Pixies, Roxy Music. Sonic Youth, Soundgarden, The Cure, The Smiths, Tina Turner, TLC. Tina Turner's not in there yet? No. Jane's Addiction and Steppenwolf. Yeah, but Tina Turner, I mean, she's in probably with Ike and Tina Turner, but just as a solo artist. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I don't know very much. I just remember the Mad Max stuff. There's a good turn there where she had two albums. but who? So who do you think? You think Whitney Houston, definitely. Moody Blues. The Moody Blues, okay. Because they've been turned down a bunch. Um, you went through a lot. I think I think Nine Shells and Radiohead get in. Um, I think Rage Against the Machine gets in. I think that they're so... Their music is still so... Um, relevant at the moment. Like, I listen to them almost every day when I, if I'm running or something. So I, I think that... That will be uh, something that gets in. <laughs> Just because you listen to them every day running? I, yeah. I think that's what they usually call me and they say, hey, what are you <laughs> listening to? So it's between them and like... I think I should put in them because uh, I listen to them every and day. Kanye West remixes. Those are the two things that are getting in. Um, I think um, I think Jane's Addiction should be in. Um, that band is awesome. That's like such a great rock band. Like... The, like there's a guitar solo in the song uh, Three Days. That's my all-time favorite. Like, I could listen to it for hours, I guess. I could, that could be a jam band for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then, of course, I like The Cure, The Smiths, all that. Anyone? The Cars are, I think The Cars definitely have to get in. They gotta get in at some point, yeah. Anyone for you? Um, I would say Def Leppard. I'm going Def Leppard. And uh, I guess Motorhead. Lemmy just passed away. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. Um, I figured you'd say, like, No Doubt. No Doubt. Um, I don't know if they should get in. I don't think they should. I don't... I mean, I like No Doubt. Just, I don't know if they're a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't think so. But I, I thought for sure that's where you'd go, because you like poppy girl singer I like Gwen Stefani. So. Uh, anyway, that's where we stand with that. Um, just moving, well, moving along. Yeah, we're gonna stay in the uh, rock and roll world a little bit and talk about rock and roll documentaries. And uh, when we were talking about doing this, I was like, I don't really know how we're gonna structure this because there are a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there are a shitload of. It, it was fun to research because it made me think about like there's things I totally forgot about and like I'm, I want to go re-see. The biggest problem with rock documentaries for me, I can say, is that, I, first of all, I love, like, I mean, like, we both yeah. love them. That's probably our favorite, like, 
favorite, probably one of our favorite things to watch. But I almost only really watch documentaries about bands I like. I don't tend to really like watch a bunch of Oh, I kind of branch out. Okay, good. Yeah. Because most of my favorite ones are of my the bands I like, and I feel like that makes it a little, um, I don't know, like like uh, I'm picking favorites, you know? Um, if, so, if So if I go, hey, Scott, give me a good uh, rock documentary. What's your first go-to? Um, probably Shut Up and Play the Hits. And that's the... Well, Okay. LCD we, sound system. Yeah, that's the LCD sound system one. That I haven't seen that. Okay. Well, I'll play you. Uh, I need to watch that. It's I, always in my little uh, window. I, I have it. I own it's it. It's on Amazon. Um, here's a. Here's I a think clip. you could watch it on Amazon Prime. Basically, what happens is LCD systems about to break. They they just played their last show ever in New York, and um, so basically, what makes these documentaries interesting is being there at a time where. Well, some of the ones, like Metallica and this one, is like, you're at a time when there's turmoil. Right. Well, this isn't turmoil. Like, this, they left the band, uh, you know, it was just breaking up because they were just done. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't a big thing. And uh, what, what, this, what this movie happened, what takes place is, he's doing an interview with Chuck Klosterman, who also happens to be, you know, a, a, one of our favorite writers. And... Um, they're just talking about what it's like to be a rock star and, and breaking up. And there's a scene that's, that kills me when I see it every time. And he walks in right after the show's over the next day. Because it's like the next day. And he's just going about his day normally. And um, he walks in towards the end of the movie. He walks into the the garage or whatever, the, the storage unit where all their equipment is. Like where they've been recording. And he looks at everything and he just collapses and starts crying. Because it's all over. Now, it's not as poignant anymore because they got back together. <laughs> but um, it, it's full of stuff that like this. At the time. Yeah. It's like this. It's really good, I think. You strike me as somebody who is acutely aware of your age. That your age seems to play a role in a lot of the things you think about. Not, not just your the, the years themselves, but the amount of experience. And, you know, if you were a writer, you would still be young. Yeah, that's why I was going to get into that. If you were an actor, you'd be kind of right in the sweet spot. Yeah. You know? But when you're a musician, a rock musician, or an athlete, or like a mathematician, <laughs> the assumption seems to be you have to succeed early. So how much is your motive for quitting the band solely a product that you feel too old to be doing it, and it feels weird? I was 38 years old. And I said, I'm going to make a record. Um, you know, going to make another record. And then I blinked, and I was 41. And I don't have any kids, and I want to have kids, and I want to have a life. And I feel like that's like a genuine thing. It's like, I can't, I blink twice more than 50. So it's stuff, you know, it's pretty profound stuff. And, and a lot of the time he says his answers to questions are things that are the opposite of what you think they'd be. Uh, what about you? If I were to ask you, what is your go-to documentary? Well, I mean, if I would say what's the most interesting one, I think Some Kind of Monster, Metallica, where they uh, basically are coming back to make a new record and they bring a therapist with them. And he's kind of like, they put him on payroll, which he starts, one of the big complexes, he starts to begin to think he's part of the band. But uh, it's just them 
you know, they've been around each other for so long, and they're pretty A personalities, Lars and him, or James, so they get in into each other's faces a lot in terms of, like, fighting with each other, and then there's a whole section where James goes to rehab, and then he comes back, and basically part of his program is is that he can only work till like, 4 o'clock. So Lars is like, and he doesn't, James Hetfield doesn't want anyone talking about you know, the recordings and stuff or they're not allowed to listen after 4 o'clock because he doesn't want to miss out. And there's this scene, which is one of the best scenes. It's just like a weird thing because you really get some good inside view of a band that you don't really see. Well, that, that's one of the things that's really interesting when you start going through and you say, what's your what's your pick? And they're, all the stories are so different. Like, you start to think, oh, it's just a rock band. You're just going to see from beginning to end. We're going to do... We start here. We fight. We do show. We do show. We love each other. Done. But there's just a million different stories within a million different bands. Yeah. It's like, this one is so different from the one I just played. And here's Lars talking about how he doesn't want to be, you know, held to this four o'clock deadline. Fuck. I just think you're so fucking self-absorbed. And what makes it worse is that you always talk about... You always talk about me. You use the word control and manipulation a lot. I think you control on purpose and I think you control inadvertently. I think you control by the rules you always set. I think you control by how you always judge people. I think you control by your absence. I think you you, contr- you control all this even when you're not here. I don't understand who you are. I don't understand the program. I don't understand all this stuff, okay? I realize now that I barely knew you before. And all these rules and all this shit, man. This is a fucking rock and roll band. I don't want fucking rules. I understand that you need to leave at four. I respect it. But don't tell me I can't sit and listen to something with Bob at 4.15 if I want to. What the fuck is that? No, I, I... I don't want to end up like Jason, okay? I don't want to be pushed away. I don't want it to happen twice. Let's do it and let's fucking do it full on or let's not do it at all. Fuck. See? Fuck. Fuck! Fuck! Yeah, it's great. You know, and that's... Like, a lot of us have the same issues with each other in relationships and friendships. It's like... And then, you know, during the documentary, you also see the toll of them being filmed all the time and they actually like have a sit down of like whether they should continue making this documentary whether it's a good thing or a bad thing uh which is like a whole another interesting thing um but yeah that's one of the best they just did a follow-up like a short oh yeah um that's on netflix i haven't watched it yet but uh it's a follow-up to the anniversary of this the movie but uh Anything else you got? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I've got so many. You guys, yeah. So let's start going. All right. So you ask. I'm, I'm just going to play like the my three favorites, and then we'll just name a couple because. So another one, if you were to ask me what one of my favorite documentaries are, um, would be Mistaken for Strangers, which is the national documentary. Oh yeah, 
I didn't know you liked that that much. Oh, I love that. I love it. First of all, I love the Nationals. That's, that's another good story. Where basically this guy, uh, you know, Nationals a big band. They're becoming, they're like, they've hit pretty big status. And they're, they're made up of some brothers and then the lead singer. And the lead singer decides to bring his idiot brother along as a roadie. Um, who, who wants to film them in their whole uprising. Yeah, because he doesn't really have a job. He's kind of moping around. Yeah. He's kind of like, like not homeless, but he's like just... He lives, yeah. in, he lives with his parents. Meandering through life. And so he goes and he, he films them and um, basically just tries to do this life... This, he's a punk or um, he's like a... What do you call it? Um, like a hair metal kind of guy. And so he just thinks going on the road means partying and everything. And these guys are like, no, you got to do your job. And he winds up getting fired as a roadie and having to go home. And he starts cutting this movie together and it's terrible. And then he sits <laughs> down with his mom and he's like, why, why am I such a loser? And his mom's like, you're just different. You know, he's a, and, and he re, I'm sure with some help, but they recut the movie to make him basically the subject of the movie where he he kind of grows up throughout this 90 minutes. And I just, I mean, there's like a little clip. It's from the trailer, but it's it's got some of my favorite scenes in it. It's uh, the lead singer talking about his brother. I'm kind of leaning towards the things that make you like yourself. Forget everything else. My brother sees something in me that I sometimes don't see in myself. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. <laughs> I think that's Moby's house. Where? Up on the hill. Hey, Moby! Don't yell at the fucking neighbors. So that scene always gets me. He goes, hey, Moby! I always, like, I always I think about that every once in a while. They're sitting in a pool right across from the Chateau Marmont in, in uh, West Hollywood. And he's like, I think that's, that's Moby's house. And the guy, the brother's got a beer and sunglasses on and a t-shirt in the pool. And he's in a floaty, like a, a He's like Cousin Eddie. Device. Yeah. He's, hey, Moby! <laughs> Cousin Eddie from uh, Vicky. But it's really compelling. It's like about, you know, being brothers and loving your brother and all that stuff. It's just, it's another different story than your usual, hey, yeah, we were popular, now we're not, da, 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 da. How about you? What else? One of my favorite documentaries, a kind of... Something I've been interested in for the past few years is like the Riot Girl kind of punk scene in the late 80s, early 90s. And I've been doing a lot of reading up on it. And I love this movie called The Punk Singer. I think if people people heard that you said, heard, to hear you say that probably surprises them. I've been uh, I've been trying to do a movie about it. And it's it's still in the works. We're, uh, we're talking with some people. But uh, it's... Uh, I just feel like right now there's such a, this is off topic, but there's just a need for female, now that the um, revolution is going on, as you could say, like it kind of mimics kind of what was going on back then. And uh, I feel like it's a good time to make something. But anyway, so the punk singer is this documentary about Kathleen Hanna, who was like the lead singer of Bikini Kills. And she started was one of the starters founding uh, people of this riot girl revolution. And it goes through the whole scene and uh, basically what happened to her in terms of, she just kind of dropped off the face of the planet. 
come to find out that she had lupus that was undiagnosed for a long time. And uh, if it's undiagnosed for a long time, it could really, like, screw you up. Like, she was five years not diagnosed. And uh, so she had to quit. She couldn't sing anymore. It talks about how she married uh, one of the Beastie Boys, Adam Hurst. Yeah, rock. Yeah. Uh, And how, like, she had to kind of keep it secret because she's got this persona of being this riot girl. Yeah, that was really And now she's, like, dating a guy who, quote, she says, sings girls, girls, girls. You know? (laughs) And it's kind of like she didn't want her fans to, like, feel like she was, like, not who she said she was. But here's just a little clip uh, about when Adam met her. This, you know, like, punk gay. And it was all the girls in front and all just girls just all on the stage. And, you know, for guys' shows, it's like, the fuck off my stage. You know what I mean? And, and then Kathleen was just, like, a force. Like, a full-on force. <laughs> a car accident, you can't look away. But you know what I mean, I mean a good car accident. I didn't mean, you know. Just, you're just like, what the fuck? We went skateboarding one night in Adelaide. I didn't realize, but she was very sneaky, I guess. And she was like, hey, who wants to go skateboarding? You know, and I was like, uh, oh, I'll, I'll go skateboarding. So she, uh, another interesting thing about that band is that there was a guy in that band. I want to know more about him. They kind of talk about it a little bit that they couldn't find a guitarist that fit their style. So they were just like, all right, let's just talk to this guy that we know. And uh, he just kind of fit into their band. But, uh, yeah, that's a great documentary. It goes really deep into her life and where she's at now. And she comes out of retirement because they do a benefit for her. Uh, not a benefit, but they do, like, a night where everyone's singing her songs. And she, uh, you know, appears. Uh, but, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's a good one. What about you? Uh, the last one I got a clip from, and it's just a music clip. So we'll see how long. Uh, was Dave, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Oh, yeah. I love Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's like he goes back home and he does kind of like a concert show for for his hometown. And um, he interviews people, weird people from around his neighborhood and stuff. And then there's music performances on top of it. And it's about bringing that. That's reuniting the Fuji's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my favorite was he um, was there's a clip where uh, Kanye West is walking down the street and the high school band from uh, Chappelle's high school is playing his song for him. And he just kind of lo- like gets <laughs> caught up like, holy, you know. <laughs> and this is a clip of that. You, you can't see his face, obviously, but it gets into the song and, and I'll, I'll try not to play it too long. But I think it's great.
But I love the, the live instruments and everything, and it's, it's just a cool moment. It's like, <laughs> um, do you have any more clips? Or I have one clip, but before we get into those, I just wanted to go through a couple documentaries, and you can tell me kind of what your thoughts. Okay. The Amy Winehouse documentary, right, Amy, so which won the Academy Award. When you start saying, like, what documentary would you recommend, like, yeah. I think... There's two that have come out in the last couple of years that are my that I think are the best documentaries. They're not necessarily my favorites. The way they you know shove the play this would be like my favorite. Um, but Amy's one of them because it's so good. It's a de- it's what's great about it too is like it's all interviews of her. It's just footage. The way it's like cut together and the way it's put together is really well done. It's not talking heads talking yeah. about things. It's just. Footage, footage of yeah, footage of every aspect of her life, behind the scenes stuff, and it's all that her talking about her life, and they like cut it together, kind of like an audiobook. The other one on that list is the Eagles, the history of the Eagles. Yeah, I thought that was all right. You just thought that was all right. See, that's funny because when I started looking and researching this, and I'm going through it, it didn't make anybody's best of list, and I thought it was so freaking good because when I was saying how music documentaries have like this standard story of we got popular and then this has all those cliches but like times 10 yeah and I thought that was so compelling it's long because it's a two part thing it was the first part I think was just so good um okay Titus I really like the Anvil documentary um it's basically like about this heavy metal band who like came up with all these famous acts now and they were like all these famous acts love them and couldn't believe that these guys didn't make it as much as they did and now it cuts to them like now and he's like delivering meals on wheels and yeah basically he gets a call from some guy a fan of theirs and he's like i will promote like i'll get you a tour in europe if you want to kick it back together and they're like yeah sure and so they go on this tour of europe and it's like just a complete disaster the guy's terrible at promoting and, uh, you know, they're sleeping in, like, a train station at one point. Like, it's just, like, they get into fights with Bart. No one shows up because there's no promotions. And then there was, like, the final thing is that they are supposed to play at this 10,000-seat arena at the end. And only, like, 147 people show up. But they keep... They never break. That's the thing. That's well, the guy bad. almost quits. But, but then he comes back. But they, they take themselves seriously the entire time. And it's it's sweet you know what I mean yeah. you think you're making fun of it at first and then you're like no this is pretty awesome that they stay resilient alright what else you got um I guess I want to talk about Madonna Truth or Dare one of the first real exclusive looks at a at that point we didn't have we didn't have that much internet so we got I mean this is what 26 years ago or 25 years ago so there, there was no internet but keep going yeah so you really got an exclusive look about Madonna and who she was and it opened up about her sexuality and it was kind of very nonchalant about it and like you know there was the AIDS epidemic and like there was all her dancers were gay and like it just kind of like fit into that time period which was really good you got to see behind the scenes of who she was and I thought that was 
really good. What about what do you think about that one? Nothing. Got nothing. Yeah, I don't. I mean, whatever. <laughs> and then uh, I always like Madonna, but I don't need to go into like, you kind of said it. It's fine. Two performance-based documentaries that I really like, directed by the same guy, Emmett Malloy, was The Big Easy Express, which is Edward Sharp and Mumford and & Sons. And yeah, then, you were always pushing that movie on people. And then Under the Great White Northern Lights about the White Stripes. And that movie, too. Um, that's another tour documentary. Uh, I thought those were really good. Um, but my last clip is a movie called, I would say Tom Petty documentary, but that's like four hours long. Well, I have a whole bunch more that I was going yeah. to mention, too, here. But I have my last clip. Okay. Um, a movie called Young at Heart. Remember that one? I didn't even think about that as a music doc. I mean, it is. It's it about, a, it's about a senior citizen choir. Uh, and about, you know, basically they go to different locations and put on concerts. And they sing, like, modern songs like Coldplay, Ramones, Bee Gees. Bowie, I guess those aren't too modern. Bob Dylan and Sonic Youth. And uh, as you can probably guess, there's some tragedy for being in the uh, senior citizen world. But here's a clip where they go to a prison and they sing at a prison. Bad news today. One of our chorus members died today. His name was Bob Salvini. He was a wonderful guy. So people die like... uh, This is for him. Throughout the movie. For everyone. and keep you always may your wishes all come true may you always do for others and let others do for you may you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rock may you stay stuff well, thanks for bringing our listener count down from seven to four it's a it's a really good documentary don't you'll, you'll definitely cry yeah but why would you play like a like that's such a visual I, thing no it's but not a visual people, thing it's older people singing i said it was a choir of old people at a prison I understand, but all you like if, if i was listening right now i'd be like why do i want to see someone like singing like that anyway so what else you got i mean it's a great movie if of the four people listening, if like two of them were gonna see it, they they're not gonna see it. Hey Scott, clips. what else you got? It might get loud. It's the guitar yeah. uh, one with um, Jack White, The Edge, and Jimmy Page. It's very good. Oh yeah, that was really good. I was, what was the name of that TV series that we liked with the uh, Foo Fighters? Oh, uh, Sonic was it Sonic Highways? Yeah, yeah, that was that was good. Which reminds me that um, that okay. Um, 
Rile and Hum was not, was not really a very good documentary, but that was something I loved, you know, because I used to... Phil Giovanna directed yeah, that. I worked he, with him. He got banned for a while. Yeah. Uh, Meeting People is Easy, which is a Radiohead documentary. Um, Shocking. I never saw that one. Yeah. Well, it's pretty slow, but it's an interesting... It's it's, uh, it's like them in the height of them becoming popular. Um I am trying to break your heart. Was a documentary about Wilco that numerous people recommended me. I tried to watch. I just can't, I don't like Wilco. I can't do it. Yeah, and that it's a really cool story because it's like they're about to break up and then they put out this album and then they become big. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big Wilco fan. They've got a massive following. Awesome! I fucking shot that. That's the Beastie Boys one where it was all concert footage, and I only love that because I was at that actual concert. And there's footage. Oh, that's right. They gave everybody... They gave everybody cam- cameras in Madison Square Garden, and we had floor seats, and actually made it on the, like... I remember seeing it. Some, yeah, we went, I made everybody see it in the theater when it came out. It was right before... I, right, right after I moved to L.A. Um, the Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. That was great. It's awesome. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's an oldie. So the other one that gets in the top of everybody's everybody's list. It's just about what messes the hair metal days were on the Sunset <laughs> Strip. Uh, Stop Making Sense. The, no, Talking Heads documentary oh, by yeah. Jonathan Demme. Yep. Beats Rhymes in Life. The Tribe Called Quest one, which I love Tribe Called Quest. Don't, like, the documentary was fine. I didn't think it was earth-shutting, but it was just good to see them. We saw that in the theater. Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Have you ever seen that? About the guys that did uh, like all the singing with, with Sinatra and everyone, and they are like the unsung heroes. Uh, also, the Wet Wrecking Crew, which is the ones that did it with like the Beach Boys. Yeah, I saw the Wrecking Crew. That's on Netflix. Uh, montage of Heck, the Kurt Cobain. I don't know about that one. Why don't you know about it? I don't like all the animation. I thought uh, the animation was beautiful in it. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't very into that one. Okay, Scratch, which is about DJs. Uh, Mixmaster Mike, the Beastie Boys DJ. It's pretty cool. Um, Nas, Time is Illmatic. It's about making that album Illmatic. Yeah, I like the Nas one. Joe Strummer, The Future is Unwritten. And the last one I have is the Marley, is Marley, the Bob Marley documentary, which I thought was fucking really interesting. Because I haven't seen it. You learn all this stuff about Bob Marley. For example, like he set out to be like a pop superstar and like kind of fell into this... Right, yeah. Well... Yeah, we kind of fell into being the like this voice for you know protest and everything that happened, and that wasn't his goal when he set out. He just wanted to be a pop star in the U.S. And like the fact that he died from like like this foot thing that he could have just fixed, it's kind of hard to you know you watch it kind of happening. And um, there's a there's a clip where he gets shot. And then goes on to perform like the next like two days later or something. <laughs> um, God, it's awesome. It's good. It's it's good. Uh, lastly, when I was looking up this stuff, there's a couple that everybody says were their favorites. I said like I tend to just listen or watch the ones that I enjoy the most. Uh, but the last waltz. If the last waltz. Just Martin Scorsese. Right. The song remains the same. Woodstock. Give me shelter. Don't look back. Those all tend to be big. Yeah, everyone's. That's the uh, Bob Dylan one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know the other ones that everyone seems to like that I saw that I don't really care that much about. 
Searching for Sugarman, I get it. People love I it. I like Searching for Sugarman. It was, it was fine. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't me. amazing, but yeah, I liked it. Uh, 20 Feet from Stardom. Haven't seen that, people but I know that. But, yeah. That got a lot of buzz. Well, didn't that win an Oscar? Yeah, I think it did. And then Sound City, the movie that Dave Grohl, and I thought that was just a big commercial for... Yeah, it was It was just... It watch was, me play with the Beatles. Yeah, it became, it became a commercial at the end, yeah. So, that's our rock doc portion. You've been wanting to do a rock documentary. You feel good about how it went? Yeah. I you mean, we wish we could have... There's a lot of lists, um, but... I hope people like go out and see the ones we were talking about and have opinions about it. And if you see something you like or something you hated, feel free to let us know. At our email? Yeah, at pod uh, at, at armchair, armchair network, network at Gmail. There you go. If you if you send us your thoughts and we'll read them off to the three people left listening. Uh, last thing musicians and movies. How do you want to do this? Um, I don't know, I just had a few people that uh I mean, there are a couple that won Academy Awards, like Jennifer Hudson, uh, Cher. But was Jennifer Hudson really um, a, like a singer before? Like, was she known for anything other than being coming fifth on American Idol? No, she was a singer though. Okay. Uh, and, and did she really? Is she really much of an actress? I mean, she just had to sing in that movie. That's what won her an Academy Award. She just sang this heartbreaking song. Well, she was in a movie and she won an Academy Award. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Barbara Streisand, Oscar. Cher got an Oscar. Um, I know that, um, I guess Ice Cube was a good transition. Ice Cube, is he a good transition? Because I think... He went to Friday. But I think that Ice Cube, what he's become ruins him, is all of his music. Like, all of his music from him becoming a famous actor sucks. And part of it's because you... This is a guy... But then you were reminded when NWA came out, like, what he was like when he was before movies. Right. But he, he was, yeah. like, his voice meant something. Like, he was scary. He was... Yeah. Like, there there was a, a picture you had of him, and now he's doing, like, every other month he's got a... Right along, too. ...buddy comedy with Kevin Hart. <laughs> it's kind of hard <laughs> to take anything that he says, you know... I think he's ruined, like... To me, personally, I, I'd i rather have had Ice Cube, the rapper, all this time, gotten rid of Ice Cube, the actor. I would have been a lot happier with life. You didn't like Triple X, too? I didn't see Triple X, too. It's not even that he makes bad movies or good movies or whatever. It's just that he plays the same guy, but now he's like a joke of himself. Yeah. You know, now he's the, the head of, the chief of police in 21 Jump Street. You know, like, this is a guy who's saying, fuck the police. Like, <laughs> it ruins. And look, it's not his job to make me feel any better. Like, fuck, fuck yeah. me. But I'll just say personally, I'd much rather have had NWA, Ice Cube, Predator, Ice Cube, America. Cut, and I think we, I think he still could have done friday and still created that yeah. persona because well, he was still in that right and boys in the hood he was like yep. the same guy but when you start doing um are we there yet too yeah i'm out um where are you on uh will smith well it's a good transition uh i like will smith the actor better than i like will smith the musician <laughs> so i actually like jazzy the way jeff and fresh prince i was a fan uh at the time but that was made for 
kids like you know, our age at that time. That um, guy is just an amazing, I don't know, to be successful in all these realms of everything he does. Yeah. He hasn't really failed in anything. Well, his, I don't know. His movie career is not going so well. Uh, yes, you're right. You're right. He was, he was like the biggest thing on TV for a while, yeah. the biggest thing in movies for a while, and the biggest thing in music for a while. You're right. Um, but yeah, he's good. And he's good. Like, given the right role, he's a... He's, yeah, go ahead. Mark Wahlberg? Hard to call him much of a musician, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, he's on my list, too. Um... What about uh, Justin Timberlake, your favorite? Um, Justin Timberlake. I, was, I had something lined up for that. Before you have it lined up, what about this guy? All right, I get it. Check this, though. I'll be right over there. She won't. Yeah, we'll see about that. Oh, yeah, cat. Words of wisdom. Drop that zero and get with the hero. <laughs> Excuse me? See you later, Dick. Cl- Classic Vanilla Ice. Quick programming note. Why would you ask me what I thought about Justin Timberlake? Well, you were... And as I go to play something, say, while you're about to play that, let me just throw in a Vanilla Ice clip. Well, I was trying to get things... I was waiting for you to pull it up, and then we can go back to it. Just let it go. Move on. Vanilla Ice is now in all of Adam Sandler's movies? Yep. You're not a big fan? Nope. So what about, uh... That was just... I'm so mad at you. Just hijacked the fucking show. No, but what about, uh... Justin Timberlake? I don't know. I'm done with it. We, we moved, we moved well, past yeah, it. We're moving on. We moved past it. We're, we're on Vanilla Ice. Who else you got? You're not going to play the Justin Timberlake? I'm in a bad enough mood. I don't need to hear that bad acting. Eminem? Eminem, that was the one movie. It's great. Uh, what about Madonna? She's the person, like, when I was looking this up, that everybody refers to. And I don't really have any super memorable Madonna acting moments. Dick I like, Tracy? Eh. I, like, I mean, I was never... Dig- I, I'm, I like Desperately Seeking Susan. I remember that was a big deal because we all had, like, little crushes on her then, but... Uh, I don't know why she was the face of this. When you think of guys like Sinatra and Elvis and people who were on, you know, dual, they, they did it all back then, which is also a problem for people like Justin Timberlake who think that it's okay for them to be terrible in movies and be an entertainer because those guys did it. It's funny because, like, when you start looking at it, it's all people in the last 10, 15 years that are trying to do both because um, yeah. they're all trying to be brands. Um, what about Jennifer Lopez? Where do you stand on her? She's an actor to me more than she's a singer. Right? She's an actor first. The thing is, like, she's so big in the uh, music music world for specific people. Maybe I should start playing a Mariah Carey clip right now. You should. No, because it makes no sense. Because you don't interrupt somebody talking about someone when someone else is There was some dead air. I was trying to fill it. Um, how about Mariah Carey? What movies did she do? She did Glitter. Oh, yeah, the glitter. And then she was in Precious. Oh, that's right. She wasn't Precious. So here's the thing. You can name almost any It seems like that's what I was going to say before. And I was like, when we were looking up documentaries, like, there's a lot. When we were talking about doing musicians who turn to movies, there's a lot. Did you know that Snoop Dogg's been in 34 films? (laughs) 
How many do you think you could name? Hmm. I can name Soul Plane off the top of my head. That's it. High, the high school movie. High school high. Was he in that, or is that Method Man, Red Man? No, the one. There was a high school movie about weed. Or high school high. There's high school. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> high school high is one with John Lovett. Soul Plane. I. You said that, and I can't even like. Yeah. Think about any other. Uh, Starsky and Hutch. Oh, that's right. He had a big role in that. Um, I love that movie. What else we got? Uh, it's a lot of rappers. Tupac. Tupac was pretty good though. Now that we uh, bringing it back. Yeah, he was pretty good. Juice, I love Juice. Juice is great. Poetic Justice. Yep. I don't remember Bullet. I don't remember Bullet either. That was like his three big movies. Okay. Um, and that's all I got. What I, I Elvis? Mean, you said Elvis, but it's like whatever. Um, I know Eddie Vedder was in singles, but he played himself. Yeah, he's not very good. Uh, how about how about Ludacris? He's in all your favorite Fast and the Furious movies. Yep. Before him, it was Fire Festival. Ja Rule was in the first one. Ja Rule, yeah. Should have stuck with the franchise. Didn't he hold out for more money or something, and then they just took Ludacris instead? Probably. Uh, here's something I wanted to bring up. LL Cool J. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. LL Cool J tried to... Now he's like a whole different thing. Now he's become... The, like a CSI guy or whatever show he's on. But he's also like the uh, host of all these like award, award shows. shows and yeah. Stuff. So to me, I, I think it's kind of ruined his career because LL Cool J doesn't get mentioned in like the best like when you start talking about because that one yeah. album was awesome. Look at the one album, the first like, yeah. the first like four or five albums. You think about when he put out like radio. You know, and he was in Crush Groove. Uh, that was the biggest thing. Like, every, everybody didn't want to be Run DMC. They all wanted to be LL Cool J. And all these rappers that came up after all wanted to be LL Cool J. And yet he doesn't get mentioned as one of the great icons of his I agree. Yeah. You know, like, he does, but not to the degree he should be. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do is because he's, like, on Blue Bloods or whatever he's on. <laughs> and... He's doing, like you said, these CSI award shows. Los Angeles. I think he has like a game show with kids. I don't even, like, you know, he's become this, that guy. Um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, is a perfect example of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, P. Diddy had one of the worst performances I've yeah. ever, like, when he's in Made. Yeah, Made was just awful. Um, Purple Rain. How could you forget Prince? Prince, yeah. yep. It's a good one. Is that what's what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Like Prince of Purple Rain might be my him or or Eminem and Eight Mile. Yeah, Eminem and Eight Mile is probably. Uh, the movie I just saw Heat has two musicians in it with some terrible acting. Like Tone Loke and Henry. Oh, that's Rollins. right, Tone Loke. The Henry Rollins is really bad. Like it's laugh out loud. Like I think they're snickers. He's been doing all these like B B uh, movies. Henry Rollins. He's like doing all these action movies. Uh, there was Cher, uh, Cher uh, Whitney Houston and The Bodyguard. Oh, yeah, we should have said Cher. She won an Oscar. You did say her. Oh, okay. Uh, Queen Latifah became an actress. She's like a full-time actress. She's a full-time actress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mandy Moore, is she a full-time actress now? Mandy Moore is a full-time. And she's very good in that show. This is us. She's great. Um, she's in this new shark movie that's coming out this summer. Great. 47 Below. Were they uh, 47 meters below where they are trapped in a uh, cage? Shark cage that the rope snapped. 
that's that's basically my list. Uh, <laughs> I just said Britney Spears, but what was her Crossroads? Yes. Uh, do you? Um, if I wanted to play a clip to play us out of one of my favorite moments with a musician acting, would I be allowed? Or are you going to play Let's something in between? Because someone we didn't mention is the late great David Bowie, and he was, you know, uh, Labyrinth. Um, Thanks. I love Labyrinth. Yeah. I actually just watched that recently, not too really? not too long ago. Uh, but with my, Jennifer Connelly. My favorite. Oh yeah. My favorite David Bowie was when he was on Extras playing himself. And uh, that's the clip I'm going to play. Is this it? And, uh, well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, if, if you're still listening. What are you doing? Oh, I'm going to sit calm. It's called Playing the Whistle Blues. Have you seen it? I haven't known. Is it any good? No, it's shit. Oh, just riffraff everywhere. Not going down too far. It's getting six million viewers. I mean, it's... it's not exactly how I meant it to be because the BBC have interfered and sort of chased ratings and made it the lowest common denominator sort of comedy sort of catchphrases and weeks and I, I think I've sold out to be honest but yeah it's difficult isn't it when they, to keep your integrity when you're going for that first little fat man who sold his soul the little little fat man who sold his dream chubby little loser <laughs> Chubby little loser, national joke. No, not not chubby little loser. <laughs> Pathetic little fat man, no one's bloody laughing. The clown that no one laughs at, they all just wish he'd die. <laughs> <laughs>